0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Free Kick, the Fantasy W podcast. I'm your host Jono and we are into our round nine review. I can't believe that there is only one round to go this season. Absolutely blown me away and... To be honest, the other thing that's blown me away is that I'm no longer the leader here at Free Kick. Uh, Will?
1: Yeah, clubhouse leader. I'm I'm surprised given how I started, but I've been the, the highest scorer out of a lot of us for the past four weeks running, so woohoo! very happy with that. <laughs> uh, this week, I scored 1,182 for a round rank of 163, which moves me within striking distance of the top 200. I'm 266 overall.
2: How many points do you need to make to get up there?
1: I think, from memory, it was about three four hundred points that I needed to make top hundred. Oh, so I think top two hundred is no. Well I, I um,
0: reach. I did the maths earlier. I think you're only about two hundred and seventy points now.
2: Ooh,
1: that's yeah, exciting! It's, it's hard, but it's doable. Unlikely, but
3: we'll see how we go. We'll Ashredel to score three hundred points.
1: I need Ash. I need Ash to not only break her possession record, but I need her to do it by a multitude. She needs to get. She needs fifty, basically. <laughs>
0: That's a that's a big ask, but look, following after you, uh, Mel, you were the second highest scorer from the free kick team this week. How'd you go?
2: Was I? Well, that's exciting. You were. <laughs> <laughs> well, given my score was pretty avo, uh, that, that's not really saying much about us. Um, yeah, so I went okay this week. I got um, low thousands, so a thousand and ninety seven. Round rank in the seven hundreds. That hurts, um, and uh i actually went up four spots this week which it was far more exciting when i was going up four spots already in the top 100 but i'll take it i went up to 463rd (laughs) look
0: holding that top 500 ranking i think that's a good (laughs) result it's a good result
2: yes well i'm only 66 total points ahead of you no behind you so i'm coming for you
0: yeah, coming strong. I wish I could say that I was the third highest scorer here, but I am not. We're going to wait for me a little bit longer because, Liam, you've done something remarkable this week. What have you done?
3: I've finally gone up in rank. <laughs> <laughs> Get around it. <laughs> oh. It's actually ridiculous.
2: How many oh, spots?
3: Oh, it's Five. Five spots. So <laughs> more, more, more spots me. than you did. More spots than you did. <sighs> uh, and I've also found I've not had the lowest score on the free kick pod crew this week as well. I had 1063 uh round rank again not that important, but I've moved up <laughs> overall rank from 1041 to 1036. So, kicking goals.
2: Look how much fun you can have when you just reset the standard of what a good score is.
3: <laughs> um you say have fun. This is, I'm very much putting this on. <laughs>
2: <It's me. laughs> You're dying on the inside. <laughs>
3: oh, it's, oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, look, I'm right
0: there with you, Given up on my team. I think I had hope last week and it's basically been dashed. My attempt at having some unique players in Maddie Collier and Sarah Sancinetti I think they netted me 51 points between them. It's definitely... Yeah, it's killed my chances. I think of making any sort of top hundred score. I scored one thousand and twenty six for the week, and I have to say, when I was doing the maths, adding it up, I was very nervous that I wasn't going to break the thousand. So that was that was a rough one. Slid me out to three hundred and eighty ninth overall, and I think my plan now is just to try and hold on to hold on to that spot and not slide any further.
3: It it, uh, it certainly has been very much. Uh a theme of the pod. We've all had those weeks where we slid massively.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I also managed to cop my second donut of the year thanks to a missing Janome Anderson, which was, it was a rough thing to find out on Saturday evening. But look, before we let's not focus on the negatives, let's focus on the positives. Cause this is one of the last weeks we're going to get to do this. Will tell me who was your plus three this week?
1: My plus three was my minus three from last week. The wonderful Haley Miller. I knew she'd bounce back against, uh, was it Swans this week? It
0: was the Swans this I knew, week, knew yeah. I knew
1: she'd bounce back. She was on 96 points, I think it was, at halftime. Only ended up on 114 after copying a pretty nasty Corky to the hip, but 114 from a unique midfielder. I'll take that every day of the week. Surely this is about as you know
3: close to a Schrodinger's plus three or minus three as you can get because through this week, but may not play yeah. in round ten, causing you some serious
1: consternation. Absolutely. Thankfully, I'll know before the lockout, but I worry about the uh, the late the late out. But Hayley Miller, <laughs> she's pretty tough. I'll back her into to play this week.
3: I'd be very worried given she had to be carried back onto the field to sing the song.
1: You yeah. know, you might be
3: you might be the highest ranked fo- <laughs> might be the highest ranked this week, but I would be very concerned that she may not be playing. I guess you've only got to worry about it for one round.
1: Yeah. So basically, I'm yeah. I'm gonna hope that she plays and hope that she can shrug it off and do fantastically for me this week as well.
0: How about you, Mel?
2: Yeah, my plus three goes to someone I brought in last week, which is the first time that's happened in a while. I brought in someone and I'm happy about it <laughs> afterwards. Um, actually goes to Bodhi, which I believe I have Liam to thank for this because this was a trade I was making live during the podcast chats when you were talking about some good quality forwards. And I was like, you know what? I think that's her. So I traded out my, my incorrect ballad to, uh, <laughs> to <the> Boney, <laughs> who got Correct a... Correct uh, and
3: incorrect, Ballard. That's, that's, that's great.
2: Yes, uh, who got a 70, which I was pretty happy with.
3: No worries, Mel. I'll, can I add those 70 points to my score as well to kind of push me above 1100? Sure, that'd does it get lovely. you into
2: top 1000? <laughs> yeah, it would actually. It would have.
3: So yeah, that would have been great. Thank you.
2: I'd also just like to make, I know how much the AFLM fantasy guys on this podcast John Owen Liam hate my special mentions because I break the format, (laughs) but you're going to have to listen to it one more time. Special mention to Lily Johnson. So I also had Janome Anderson, who I got a nice picture with at the start of the game, given that she was not playing. Um, And so uh, for that donut, in came Lily Johnson uh, in her second game as a Port Adelaide forward. And, hey, she kicked a goal. I mean, she didn't score very well, but she had a good game for her. Um, And... I reckon that's worth some recognition. Also got a picture with her after the game to say thank you for kicking that goal.
3: <laughs> yeah. She is someone who we were the most of us were live at that game just tiny, like 18 and has, you know, looks like a breeze could push her over. Did kick a great running goal in that second quarter for Port Adelaide, but then I don't think she touched it after that point. I don't think she did either. Yeah, I didn't get a stat um, after no.
1: halftime,
0: so. <laughs> Look, uh, I would take any points instead of a donut from Janome Anderson, so I can see why you give him the shout-out. It's, it's got to feel nice. And yeah. pretty
2: sure her break-even was like 13, so she might have even made the so. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <Of course. laughs>
0: and uh, a cracker of a game as well that you guys got to go to, two points. There's yeah, been a the lot voice. of close games this season. I've been blown away how many of them have been under a goal.
2: But two points in a high, relatively high-scoring game like that first quarter—I think it was like four or five goals—so it was a pretty exciting one.
3: And marred with a bit of controversy, with Gemma Horton's goal being disallowed mm. in less than stellar circumstances,
0: which the AFLW has signed off on as correct.
3: I think that the language is a little bit more, even more nuanced than that. It's that they weren't unhappy with the decision or something to that effect, which tells me that it's not manifestly incorrect. They have not seen any footage to disprove the fact it was a goal. It was a behind, sorry. So take of that what you will. Carefully crafted language.
0: Uh, Do you want to tell us who your plus three for the week was,
3: Liam? My plus three was also playing in that game, and that was Hannah Ewings, who looks like a genuine superstar. Kicked a goal from near on forty meters. Laid some amazing tackles. Was, I think, pretty comfortably we can agree Port Adelaide's best clearance player outside of Abby Dowrick, who had three in five minutes in the second quarter. Comfortably their best I, player, I'd say. That I worked. think
1: she was comfortably
3: Port Adelaide's best player. Looked honestly better in the game than than Aaron Phillips, and I don't think that that's too outrageous for me to say. Um, and probably within the top three best three players on the ground, and then and pulled out a very nice 92 or 93, which put her inside the top five forwards for the round. So I was very happy with Hannah Ewings. Ewings.
2: E-wings.
1: Hannah, Hannah Ewings. Ewings, Ewings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've given my plus three this week to Ellie McKenzie, who I'm very glad to give it to, because I've been forced to hold on to her for a number of weeks in a row now, thanks to injuries and, and laid outs. And finally... She's put up uh, her best score of the season, a 78. So very happy to take that. hope she can back it up this week against North because I will be holding her again (laughs) all the way through to the end of the season.
3: Very
2: good.
3: Yeah. I would be be a little bit worried. I think uh, Ellie McKenzie, her fantasy scoring, she seems like a bit of a flat track bully because I think her previous best score before then was Hawthorne.
0: It was a 76 against the Hawks, yeah. Yeah, so the
3: less than superstar sides, I'm not sure she'll do as well against uh, against one of the form sides yeah. in the comp. In White North hot Melbourne. North Melbourne team at the moment.
2: Yeah, Look, I don't think anyone's arguing that she is going to do amazing. It's more so that Jono doesn't yes, really
0: no, have no, a lot I of just choices. Really, I, really want, I really want her to do well, that's all. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, that's fair enough. Yeah,
0: yeah my, my minus three actually comes from the same game because Elise Parker only put up a 60 and it's a lower score for quite some time. I am mm. assuming, uh, I didn't get to see this game, but I'm assuming this is on the back of a Grace Egan tag. Uh, either way, it's not what you're expecting for someone you're paying, you know, 120, 130 or thousand for. So a little bit disappointing there, but yeah. to be honest, she has comfortably outscored the rest of the minus threes here. Liam, who have you been giving your minus three to?
3: It's it's tinged with a bit of sadness because she has been one of my only good speculative mid-season picks um, and that's Eileen Gilly-Gilroy. Oh, Gilly. <laughs> uh, who, look, she did have a horrendous matchup. Um, so it was always going to be tough to score well. But she really didn't put in a particularly uh, strong effort with 29.
0: Yeah, sub 30 from a player you've paid up for, that's that's never acceptable.
3: No. At, look, Brisbane are... I know we talked about North Melbourne being white hot, but Brisbane are a ridiculously dominant side. Um And so I'm not surprised by it. I just, if it had been an eek like to a 45 or a 50, I probably could have sat with it and been okay and might have given it to another premium quote unquote defender. But unfortunately, you know, 29 is not good enough.
0: Mel, how about yourself?
2: Well, I'd like to agree with you on Parker and add to that Lynch. So this one is maybe a bit more personal because I was really tossing up getting rid of Lynch a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) She just wasn't doing particularly well, and I got convinced, no, don't mess with your premiums. This was after our Sweet 16. She's in the top. She's in the Sweet 16. Um, And alas, she's not done particularly well since then, and every week it just annoys me further. So, yeah, she only got a 43 this week, which I think we've spoken a lot about her before, probably not expecting her to be coming back. Um, with an amazing score anytime soon. So it might be time for her to finally go.
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm probably going to be trading her out as well this week. its It's been a very disappointing three weeks from her. What blows me away is that 43 is actually her highest score in the last three rounds. <laughs> and that's that's probably the saddest thing about this minus three. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Jono, Jono, yeah. ask me how long she's been in my side for.
0: How long she been in your side?
3: Three weeks. <laughs> three weeks, yeah, that makes sense. The curse sense. has struck.
2: Mm. Hey, Liam, you trading route this week?
3: Uh, I have bigger problems than, <laughs> than Kelly <K-Link>. Lynch. <laughs>
2: wow, to have bigger problems than a forty-three as a high score in three weeks. Boy, oh boy.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what happens when you ranked a thousandth. smell your team's pretty crap. Like you've got to fix <laughs> non-premium <laughs> players. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh God.
0: Well, let's let's move over to a team that's doing pretty well. Then, Will, what's your minus three this week?
1: my minus three this week was olivia fuller going up against adelaide knew it was going to be a tough matchup but a 36 is not really good enough especially when a lot of people are putting semi-premium type midfielders into their utilities so she might be one to make way this week for me though she does have a very favorable matchup against sydney so it will cause me a bit of a (laughs) consternation i think this week
2: She did better than our utilities of Jess Lowe, so...
1: That is true, so...
2: And I really, really want you to hold Fuller to the end, just so you can say that you've played a whole season and done pretty well without going loophole.
1: The one thing I will say is, if I do trade Fuller, I think I'm actually going to go sideways, not all the way down. So... (laughs)
0: You're going to hold on to... You're going to hold on to actually playing a ruck all season. Holding
1: on to playing a ruck the whole season, if if (laughs) I do it. Because I'm strongly considering Lauren Pierce from Melbourne, but still a bit a bit of water to go under the bridge.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Well, look, I think
0: our scoring was pretty reflective of how the entire competition did. You know, I think the very low scoring across the board, uh, I think to stay in 100th spot this week, you had to score 1,159, which is the lowest it's been in nearly a month. Uh, and... That's left Riddle Me This or riddle Me This in 100th spot, which I love the name. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, didn't stop everyone from scoring, Paul. Someone, uh, the Nimrods, has put up 1,314. is a, a very, very good score. And moved up to 103rd overall. the Nimrods. So, fingers crossed they can sneak in this final round. There has been no movement at the top. We still have the GOATs in first place. And they've actually built up a pretty sizable lead. They've got 50 points over second place and 85 points over third, which uh, seems like we might have a little bit of a watch on our hands this last round just to see who takes out top prize. Mm,
2: very exciting. A little bit less exciting than last season when it was us. But.
3: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Mel. Really? I, didn't, I didn't need to be reminded. I was already thinking it.
2: Nah, oh. I,
3: think, I think the big thing that... Uh, you know, in in future seasons, I'd like to be able to see is to actually see the see the sides, so you can kind of more mm. actively follow how the top sides are doing. But you know, can't have everything in a kind of burgeoning competition. So we'll just have to wait and see how things pan out at the end of the week.
0: These coaches at the top who aren't us are still trying to figure out how they're going to tackle round ten. Let's give them some advice that put us down the bottom, eh? Let's, yep. let's do our best with that. It's what we're here yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we're, we're sort of thinking about how we can tackle round 10. And I think coaches have got a few options. Uh, you've only got the one set of trades and it's one round, which means...
2: Go big or go home. Go big, go go, go yeah,
0: home. everything comes down to this one set of trades, which is... It's a lot of pressure. So I think there's, there's three options that I've been thinking about. And I want to know your thoughts on them, team. The first one is... Aside from the absolute best of the best, I don't think anyone here has a full team. Everyone still is fielding rookies. And so one option is just to carry on with your upgrade strategy and keep getting rookies off the field. So I think that's that's the first option that people will be considering. The second thing is if they've got underperforming premiums, uh, who we'll talk about in a little bit, sideways trade those to other premiums who are a bit more unique. So... Someone like uh, what's a good example is Katie Lynch. You don't want those forties every week. It's not the premium you want. Why not take a sideways and for an extra, I think what five k. I think you can pick up someone like an Elizabeth Keeney. I think that's a pretty interesting option for coaches to be considering. And the final one is one that is a little bit riskier, but it's one that I I always come back to. A few years ago, there was a coach who traded out Tom Mitchell when he was at the peak of his powers managed to turn him into multiple premiums and won the AFL men's comp as a result of it. I'm wondering if there are players uh, that we're looking at here who we're looking at their fixture going, I don't think they've got a great matchup. I think they're going to come into a pretty low-scoring game. Can we split those into two players? And I kind of want to start with, Mel, your thoughts. What What do you think about this strategy?
2: I was going to say, is this, a, is this a strategy you colloquially named uh i'm gonna fuck up my team earlier today
0: (laughs) (laughs) no no that that was a that was a different strategy i've been taking for the last few weeks it's not been going too well no i I like to call this dividing conquer that's that's a Uh, much catchier name okay
2: that's a much yes much (laughs) more polite name also i'm wondering with this guy you're referencing did he do it in the last round of the season or did he do it with a little bit more time to go very very far like
0: very, very fun. No around. way. Yeah, okay. He didn't like. He thought that well, Tomich was going to get tagged, and yeah, he did. He, he brought in, I think, Seb Ross and and uh, some other players on the side. It was, yeah, <laughs> dates, it was a throwback. It. it was a real throwback. <laughs> yeah. uh, but look, there, there's a player that I've been thinking very specifically on for this play, and Will, I want to get your thoughts on it because it's Ruby Slater. She put up a 12 last week, and we know that that was injury affected, right? My question is if she's potentially going to carry this injury into the next week, and next week she's playing Brisbane, is this a player where we go, I don't want that 110k or whatever it is? I want her out of my team.
1: Slice has dropped uh, 7k down to below 100 this week, so she's 99 and a bit. 99 a bit, yeah.
0: I think that's something that's potentially worth going. I can get an 80k player and take a rookie up. I want to know your thoughts.
1: My thought, Well, I, I saw Ruby on the, on the Friday training session. She looked very, very proppy. So I was actually thinking she probably shouldn't have played against North in the first place. So to be out of the game with that injury didn't surprise me as much as it pained me to see it happen. Uh, apparently it was mostly precautionary and they are hopeful she'll play this week. They're going to get scans to determine the severity of it. But I think it's one of those things where even if she does play this week, probably going to be jabbed up you know trying to get um through some pain going to be probably a bit restricted in her movement i think that it's going to really cause her to struggle to scoring and then you have to factor in it's against brisbane who are the best team in the competition so it pains me to say but at this stage this is the first time in aflw fantasy history that i won't have ruby slasher in my team
0: shock and drama (laughs)
3: Now, the other thing that we need to talk about is Ruby's role in that first quarter against North Melbourne Mm. because she was playing a hard stoppage tag on Jazz Garner. Now, if, if you were thinking we might be able to beat Brisbane and you're Collingwood, you would probably still be thinking you'd send a tag to Bates or Ali Anderson at stoppages. You would have... Ruby Slicer, your one big body midfielder, at least putting a stoppage tag on somebody.
1: See, I think this was a unique one. I think this was unique because Slush is the only big body that can go with the bigger body of Jazz Garner. I think for a Brisbane one, you could probably run someone like a Sheridan. Um, you could run a number of players on there regardless. What about Michaela Can? Where's she Yeah, Mica- She's Mica- off the face of the Michaela Khan as well.
3: She cannot get a time in the midfield. They were
1: soundly beaten this week in that midfield, and especially once Slycher went out of there because it meant that they had to completely reshuffle. Garner got off the leash. Um, and against Brisbane, you've got to worry that, once again, the Collingwood midfield is going to be really under the pressure. And so, coming off the hip injury, even if she plays, if, if you've got other things you need to do, if you're happy to cop maybe a 40... Is probably what we'd probably expect from from Ruby this week. Fine, like this week, I was happy with the twelve because my alternative was a zero. But <laughs> I, th- I think that I think that this is a really good example of what you're saying, Jono, where you can take Ruby, who is still quite highly priced as a defender, take her down at a ten fifteen k to someone who will should outscore her this week, just based on the the information that we have, and then use that money somewhere elsewhere. So here's a question for you then. You're one of the quite likely
3: 13 coaches that owns both Ruby and Katie Lynch in the top 100. Which one do you trade out?
1: Both. I'd be trading out, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. If Slicer is named, I would be prioritizing Lynch out. If Slicer is not named, obviously she has to go first.
3: Intra- yeah, well, if, obviously, if she's not playing, then you, you can't you can't be running it with her in just stop. Uh,
1: but at the moment, the way it is at the moment, I reckon it's absolutely dead heat, and I'm almost with Jono where I'd say I'd get rid of both of them. But what happens,
3: and this is where we bring in the other final detail: Emma Carney also comes in under an injury cloud.
1: Yeah, ice on the knee, knee brace as well. I think she's. Yeah. I think she, that's mostly precautionary, but at the same time. You don't like to see your, your premium defenders with, uh, you know, big loads of ice and then a, a knee brace on. So.
3: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost just a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to break that scoop on the pod, that we saw her with a knee brace on at the St Kilda game and that Sarah Black beat us by a few hours yeah. saying, oh, she was seen. It's like, yes, she was seen at the game standing around in front of the St Kilda rooms after the game had happened. But yes, that I am in the position where I have all three. I won't know Oof. if Emma Carney <laughs> I won't know if Emma Carney is playing. I will know if Ruby is playing, I believe. But it is yep. going to be a very tight run thing. But there's there are going to be coaches in the top one hundred. Emma Carney's got forty percent ownership in top one hundred, Ruby's got ninety one, and Katie Lynch has thirteen or fourteen. Mm. So there are gonna be some coaches in there that have all three. I think it's me it's probably Ruby, Katie, and then Emma.
1: Yeah, I think you've almost got to assume that Carney's is precautionary, and that she'll play,
3: particularly I as a captain. Have
1: to
0: just well, I would think it's about one of Collingwood or North is going to make the top four. I'm I'm really curious as to how that's going to whether or not North can make that jump in.
1: They mm. if North beat Richmond, assuming that Brisbane beat Collingwood, North are in. Pretty much, so I think they'd probably be more likely to risk Carney playing than Collingwood would Slicer. Yeah, okay. It's a very, very big conundrum, and at the moment I'm
3: on, in my current trade plans, I'm only trading out Ruby. Um, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do so many different iterations to see what I can fit if I also want to trade out Lynch and if we hear anything more about him, Carney this week.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds to me like if you're if you're in contention, this Friday's teams is going to be a very important one for you to be watching. Do not There's be driving
3: this. when team selection happens, <laughs> Jono.
0: I almost certainly won't be. My housemate has just picked up COVID. I'm probably going to be here all week, so very good. quite a week from me. Well,
2: you won't miss any exciting news then. <laughs> uh,
0: but look, that's, that's talking about injury players. I'm curious about whether or not you would be trading out players that are just out of form, because Katie Lynch is one example. But what about someone like Elise Parker, who's only gone over eighty-five once in her last four games?
1: I think, or that, even someone
0: yeah. uh, with the cost of, I mean, Anne Hatchard's worth one hundred and forty-five k. You could turn that into two very, very good players. She's only gone eighty-four across her last three games. Is that someone you'd be considering moving on?
1: I think those are luxury trades. I think if, if you are in the position where you can split Hatchard into two players, you're doing pretty bloody well. I think that, as we've just discussed, the, the back there's carnage in the back line at the moment with a lot of the players. So I would be expecting most coaches to be doing a fix-up trade back there somehow. But if you can then use that money to do that, for example, I've been considering moving Jamie Lambert up if you have the money to do that, I think it's a great idea, especially if you're going for someone that's unique. And we've talked about that a bit, that at this stage, a sideways trade to a unique premium is something that could win it for you or it could throw you off. But at this stage, who cares? you got to go for the win.
0: Are you thinking of trading out yeah. Jamie Lambert then?
1: Considering it, um, just based on the tough fixture, not less that she's out of form but gum up against Brisbane, it's just a matter of where I need the money, I suppose, where I think I can get better players. So if I can move a, a Jamie Lambert up to someone like a Liv Purcell, for example, uh, a Charlie Robottom, who I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later, um, that might be something that gets a, a 60 to 80 score up to 100 that might just push me up into that top 200, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, I actually want to ask Mel. One player that I'm thinking about trading out is someone that we share in our teams. Is Ash McCarthy has had a very quiet few weeks and is playing the D's this week.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. There's a lot of money on these players. Like, she's 94 grand, Carney's 97 grand, Lynch's 80. Like, there's, if you're going to go with that divide and conquer, as you call it, um, strategy there's actually so many players that I would be more than happy to split in half but I can only do a couple of trades and because we're also at the point now where you've got money on your bench potentially in some players that you haven't utilized so you want to be getting some of that extra cash from there but only three trades like you said yeah I was thinking like because I've got both Anderson and Johnson as my rookie forwards and one of them kind of has to play at the moment I was thinking more do I take one of those up but you're right like McCarthy has a lot of money on her to be not doing particularly well and not having a a good final game. So she would be a prime candidate for that divide and conquer. One that I hadn't actually considered because I'm already looking at Lynch and I'm already looking at Parker. I'm like, Dan, just give me a whole (laughs) new team.
3: (laughs) Just Just to opine a bit on Ash McCarthy, though, as much as he's not coming in with some great form, I would say that given her propensity to be very very close to the contest and just having seen a bit of how Melbourne plays, obviously having watched the Essen and Melbourne game quite intently, I could still see her getting a decent enough number of tackles to make sure that she doesn't have a, a a like a you know a really bad score. I'll just think that as much as she's not coming in off the best form, I'd actually be more worried about an Emma Swanson scoring than I would Ash McCarthy. Josh McCarthy is...
2: Johnson's been doing pretty well. Yeah, I
3: know, but that is Melbourne will just play keepings off, whereas I think the big thing with McCarthy is she's the first body in there for West Coast.
1: Yeah, she's going to probably be following around uh, someone in that midfield, which at least gives her the chance to be getting those tackles and maybe a few uh, cheeky clearances. So West Coast against Melbourne, it's it's a tough matchup for... I'd be wary about most West Coast players, to be honest. I would have thought, when I
0: look at Swanson, I kind of reverse the
1: scale of hardness. If it's a
0: really tough matchup, she seems to perform well. If it's an easy game, she tends to kind of take the foot off the pedal a little bit. That's true. She she has traditionally just
1: been the best player for them in games where they've got belted because she's the only one that seems to be capable of running hard and getting those marks out loose or on the half-back line. So... I think these these are two players that probably aren't priority trade outs. To be completely honest,
3: mm. Mm. that being said, if it's if it's a windy game out at Casey Fields for West, which it Coast,
1: almost always is, <laughs>
3: which it mm. invariably will be, that could be a bloodbath. Like I, I think it could be no one from West Coast scores well. I, that was the Bombers just looked completely incapable of dealing with those conditions and Melbourne looked at ease. I don't know if anyone from West Coast will touch the ball. You'll just need players that can get enough tackles to anchor a decent score.
0: Now, look, I think on the basis of restrictive teams, there's one more player that I want to talk about, which feels as luxury as luxury gets. But I think it's one where we know the tag is coming for Jazz Garner this week. There's no way that Richmond don't put Grace Egan on it. Best player in the comp at the moment. Is she good enough that we don't worry about it and we still run with it? Or is that 140k in her head enough that you could turn her into, say, a Kate Hoare and then make a gigantic upgrade
1: on the other side? It It's a gutsy person to trade out Jazz Garner, given that she hasn't dropped below 80 this year. And yeah. I think even with a tag... I think you'd probably expect still an 80 from Jazz Garner. She is that good. And her ability to drift forward, take marks from clearances and get those goals is something that, as good as Grace Egan is, I don't think she's going to be able to completely stop that happening, which will allow Garner... Maybe she doesn't score a huge 100 like she. we know she definitely can, but I think it just means a, a, a good effort by Grace Egan is to keep Garner to a 70 or 80.
0: Yeah, I don't think she'll do worse than an 80. My question is, can you get an 80 from another player that you downgrade to, and then with that 50K, mm. take an, an Abby Dowrick or a Montana Ham up to a premium? And that way you're getting more than the you know, the difference on the other side.
1: Well, I suppose in that regard, we've talked about how, as Liam said, he doesn't think anyone from West Coast is going to get the ball against Melbourne, which means that the Melbourne players are going to get a lot. So you could quite literally drop... Uh, what that forty six grand down to Taylor Harris or a Kate Hall, and if I had, if I was to do that, for example, I could stick forty grand straight on top of Jamie Lambert and bring in Marinoff or someone like that, you know. So I, I can I can definitely see the value in it. I personally just don't feel comfortable trading out Jazz Garner to be completely honest. I think it, 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 <laughs> yeah. it, it that that to me is is your your Tom Mitchell play. But you have to nail mm. the two players that you bring in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cause we know that Jazz Garner, she's that post we do every Monday on Instagram, which talks about the highest yeah. forward for the it's week. I assume it's just this it's her every week, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the last four weeks have basically just been her and Kiara Bowers just every week. So <laughs> And it was also Chelsea Randall for a while before she did her ankle, so Yeah. All right, well, look, that's that's some
0: players that you could move on. How about some players that we can bring in, I suppose? I think that would be uh, interesting to talk about. And firstly, I want to talk about how we went last week because we talked about some specy picks, and I want to see if any of them are players that we can carry on with. So, Liam, why don't we start with you? Uh, who were your three picks last week, and how'd they go?
3: So my three picks were Charlie Thomas, uh, Liv Purcell, and Greta Bodie. Charlie Thomas came out with a 54, which is below what she was priced at, um, but interestingly enough was probably the safest pick of the three mm. Yeah, um, and was just stuck in an unfortunate game, like played the game that I was anticipating, just didn't get nearly, just, you know, un- an unfortunate reality. Liv Purcell with an 84 probably wasn't helped by the... Uh, pretty horrific conditions um, down at Casey Fields with that with it blowing a gale. And it was just the kind of Karen Paxman used to do what she did against Essendon every single week and she just picked her one week to do it last week. 84 still not a bad score and I was also anticipating her being a player to bring in for her final two rounds. So I think Liv Purcell is a great player to have this week. Uh, and then the final one is uh, Greta Bodie, who scored a seventy and I think scored kick three goals. Um, so I'll stand pretty happily on that as being a, a good pick for last week.
0: Yeah, I think she was the the best forward that a lot of us picked. Yes,
3: very,
0: good game.
2: very happy with that advice. Yeah, as Mel-, Mel brought ability.
1: her in, and uh...
2: <laughs> well, I also brought in Charlie Thomas. But that was, I think, we were all. Yes, I brought on in
1: Charlie one. Thomas as well as my my Randall downgrade. And well, fifty four wasn't spectacular. I'm not too worried about it to be completely honest because so. it could be a big score this week yeah
2: yeah and she looked like all the signs were theirs it's not as if we missed something. I think
1: I think the one thing was it was the first week that the Bulldogs have actually kicked accurately at goal so I oh, know it's actually <laughs> outrageous <laughs> so they actually didn't get too many <laughs> kickouts
0: yeah Mel
1: how about yourself how'd your
0: three unique players go uh
2: yeah so defender pick on Georgia Garnett logic was there Went okay, 54. Uh, Courtney Wakefield uh, as my forward pick. Um, only a 40, so actually the lowest scoring of the forward recce there. So not amazing, but...
1: The but. The, the plus three <laughs> but. of this entire thing.
2: Nicky Gore, my l- left left field, <laughs> uh, oh. my o- literally off the field pick, uh, ended up with a 72. And I know that pretty much everyone in the free midfield did well as we... We're expecting uh, to see last week and are probably expecting to see again next week. I mean, we got huge score from Miller, I think Easton, a couple of, what's her name? Runnels, Runnels yep. Also did very well. Um, so it's not as if Gore was a standout amongst everyone, but she came through.
1: And for the price she was at as well, it was just yeah. delightful to, to see that happen.
2: Absolutely. How much did she make last week? Uh, almost four grand, so not bad. Very good. Not
3: that I had her. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do you
2: know, still zero in the top you know hundred.
3: Funny is we're going to go through this, and I don't think anyone brought in their own speculative. No, 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 I, they I brought did. in everyone. No, 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 I did. Who did you? <laughs> you know, the worst one. I brought in, in the worst the one, and and the worst I'm about one.
1: to issue an apology to everyone who who took my advice on this one because even though the logic was sound, it just did not pay out. So I'm going to I'm going to jump yeah. in here. My pick was Sarah Sancinetti, who scored a 19. She was only priced at around 50k. I did say at the time it was risky in that regard because she was playing pretty much as a rookie player in the Collingwood backline. Normally going up against a team like North would be fantastic for a player like Sancinetti, but North was so clinical going forward against Collingwood that there just wasn't any opportunities for kick marks like Collingwood are usually doing in that backline, which meant she just did not get near it. Still made some money, so that's fine, but unfortunately, if you had her on the field, you had to cop the 19 like I did. Uh, in the midfield, I was also stitched up by the uh, slicer injury, actually, to this one, because Jamie Lambert was looking pretty good early on, and then once slicer went out, she copped a lot more attention from that north midfield. Uh, ended up with a 70, which was passable, I suppose, um, but unfortunately, with... As I said, the slicer injury, meaning she got more attention and a tough matchup next week, probably not an ideal one to bring in. And my forward pick was Daria Bannister, who scored a 46, which is a pretty good effort, to be fair, against a rampaging Melbourne team. But I did I did say that the yeah. reason I thought you would be a good idea to bring in Bannister was for this week. They're playing Port, who we saw St. Kilda, their forwards managed to score pretty well against uh, Port Adelaide. She plays a pretty similar role to one uh, Nicholas Zenos.
2: Who did fantastic last week.
1: So I think that she's one that if you were a bit worried about her score against Melbourne, hold firm, I'd back her in this week.
2: Stay tuned for next week when we uh, <laughs> <laughs> revisit this again. <laughs> when
1: I tell you why I failed on that one as well. <laughs> oh, just sorry. Just before we go off.
3: Just watching that North Melbourne performance against Collingwood, like clinical is almost like underselling it. Like Talia Randall took the entirety of the Collingwood backline to school. Vicky Wall looked like one of the best forwards you're going to see, not someone who's... She looked
1: She looked like Aaron, Aaron Phillips out there the oh, way she was playing, just with strength I, and skill around the ball. It I was don't incredible. want to undersell
3: it. That like banana... On the run, running away from the goals is ridiculous for someone who has played 10 games of football in her life.
1: In, the, in her life? 10 games. She <laughs> oh. is a
3: freak. And, yeah. I, and You can't I even mean, say
1: that it's
0: because of her Gaelic history because they don't play with a. An they don't even play with.
3: She literally is yeah. just like on the run, not even running directly at goals, running towards the boundary line off the outside of the foot. She is an absolute freak. And I just love that. <laughs> For those listeners who weren't listening to every single one of our 18 clubs in 18 days, Emma Carney knew Vic- Vicky Wall was going to be this good. Se- mm. Before, Before she'd she even met her. met her, was like, yeah, that's the player to watch. <laughs> she hasn't even made it to Australia yet. I've literally just seen her highlights, <laughs> and she's that good. Sorry, there is my, my North Melbourne rant. <laughs> I, I, just, I watched that game live, and I was sitting there by myself, just like gobsmacked by how good North Melbourne looked.
1: All right, Jono, you've probably done the best out of a lot of us in these specs. I was gonna teams, say I feel so. a lot better
0: now at this point, having having listened to all yours first. Um, I think <laughs> Nat Grider with a seventy-seven in defense had a, a very good game against the Hawks, one of the highest for the year, uh, and Charlie Robottom in the middle
3: with hundred and five.
2: And if we just stop there, both of those picks are miles ahead of our <laughs> defenders and midfielders. I, I,
3: I would just, I would just like it to be known that Charlie Robottom was, I think, the most expensive player mentioned by about thirty k.
1: The most expensive and the most owned as well. <laughs> Hey,
0: still made it very much <laughs> underneath our rules. I, I said it just had to be less than 5% yeah. ownership at the time of the... I'm pretty sure she had you know, 6% ownership at the time. 5%, look, 5% look, of the top 100, 10% overall. Let's be very clear on what it was. Go back and listen to the episode. <laughs> uh, my forward pick didn't fail, but it didn't do too well either. Jess Fitzgerald from The Dogs put up a 56. It's about what she's been doing the past few weeks. Again, looked good, but didn't didn't translate to the fantasy scoring. So a little bit disappointing there.
3: I think of the players that we suggested, the three best trading targets are Bodie, Grider, and Robottom.
0: Well, look, we're thinking about now trade targets for round 10, the players we think are going to go off. And obviously we're looking at players that are in good form, players that have good matchups. And I think it's only right that we have a coach on the podcast that's also in good form. So Will, can you take us through who you think the top 5 targets are this round? Oh, I thought you were going to throw it to whoever
1: the coach of the goats is then, but, um, <laughs> I think If uh, only I could. <laughs> In terms of top t- five targets, I've actually grouped this by matchup, less by player specific. So I've actually got a, a handful of players. But the first player is Charlie Rowbottom against GWS. We saw what Mon Conti did this week against GWS, put up 124. Charlie Rowbottom, absolute superstar. She will bully that GWS midfield, expect another ton. The next matchup that I've sort of honed in on is the Geelong-Sydney matchup, and we've seen Sydney cough up some really big scores. So the two players I want to highlight here, in terms of the midfielders, you can go Prosparkus who is much higher owned, but the one I'm really interested in is Amy McDonald, for both the uniqueness and her ability to go really big. So I think Amy McDonald is the one, if you're looking for that Geelong midfield upgrade, is the one I'd go for. If you want someone slightly different, I'd be looking at Chloe Shear. She's had a really good month, She's got the ability to to kick big bags of goals. And against Sydney, she's going to get plenty of supply. So if you're looking for a bit of a unique forward option, I think that she's probably the one that I would be looking at from Geelong. So I've also put in Karen Peterson here, mainly because I traded her in for Isla Sheeran and it got me an extra 24 points. So thank you, Jono. (laughs) Uh, That was his suggestion. Uh, Has been playing pretty much every single role this season. So she's back on a wing now, which means she's going to get plenty of uh, midfield ball. She's probably arguably the form defender at the moment, I think, would you guys slim, say?
3: Slim pickings, but yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, with
0: Randall going down, Schleicher and Emma Carney having these big injury question marks, I think Peterson would probably be top of the Sweet 16 this week.
1: Yeah. So Peterson, very good option. Probably a very easy. Uh, move sideways if you are looking to move on slicer. Bit more expensive, but a really solid option.
2: Yeah, you need about a twenty extra grand if you want to do that from Lynch because I was trying to figure that out before.
1: Unfortunate, Which
2: is <laughs> a little bit annoying. I mean, I have twenty grand <laughs> in the bank, but you, do I well, use it entirely. You want to use it
1: entirely this week, regardless, Mel. You, you don't have another Ad chance. Cost, to, yeah. You don't have another chance <laughs> to spend it. <laughs>
2: Taking it to my grave. <laughs>
1: Gonna save thirty grand in the bank for next week.
2: Question on shear though. Like I know. I, I agree that having watched her play, she's looking like a great pick. But her her scoring has been a little bit low recently. Do we think that's entirely like 85 against the Bombers because they were an easier game versus like a very low against Adelaide? Or do we think that – like do we think she can get another 85 against the Swans?
3: I, I, I'm happy to speak to this. I think the Bombers was a bit of a cat out of the bag because – pun intended um, – because the Bombers have no good medium-sized defenders. And Chloe Shear, I think at one point she was playing on Alana Barber. Another point she was playing on Ash Van Loon and Mia Van Dyke. So both, all yeah. three players are not very old and all have fewer than, I think, well, I think Barber maybe has 12 games of AFLW experience at this point. So,
1: And is the experienced experience, one. one of the three. And <laughs> yeah. is a
3: winger slash inside midfielder from her VFLW days. That's what definitely contributed to a massive score against Essendon. I think, and I, I think I flagged this last week, the big issue in as much as Sydney concede a lot of, um, it's Sydney this week, right? Yes. Yes, it is the big, The big yeah. thing, and we talked about this last week, Sydney's best line is their medium to tall forwards. Like Brenna Tarrant and Bella Smith are, I'm sitting here as an SN fan, incredibly envious that they got those two players from essentially off the you know the proverbial scrap heap as free agents because they are looking very very good. Brenner is extremely composed. Bella Smith does not get pushed off the ball. I don't know if Chloe Shear is going to be able to dominate Brenner Tarrant in the same way that she was able to do that to um, Alana Barber. That would be my only my only issue with picking Chloe Shear.
0: She does play about a third of her game time in the middle of the ground, though, this past month or so. I would have thought that would help her get off the chain and put on some some higher scores. Mm-hmm.
1: I also think that Geelong's finally, much to my relief, got some other tall forwards that those two may be preoccupied in the form of uh, Jackie Parry, Kate Darby, and Shelley Scott. So I think that'll definitely be a watch. But I think, for me, she is one of those players that every so often she just has an absolute one, as you say, Liam, out of the bag. So... To me, this isn't a sure thing one. it's a, This is a, a unique player you can pick up that just may get you over the line. Yeah.
3: If it's Molly Eastman or Ella Heads, she may be able to kick three goals. Like that's a, that's yeah. a genuine possibility.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of those easy matchups, I'm going to move on to the Melbourne versus West Coast matchup. As Liam said, there's a chance that the ball will be entirely in Melbourne's hands all day. And two of the best possible options you can get in your forward line, especially if you are looking to split Jazz Garner, if you're planning on doing that, are Taylor Harris and Kate Hall. Both of those two could kick big bags. Tar- Taylor Harris is playing through that midfield as a, as a backup ruck as well. I think both of those two are, are really good options to potentially score big scores this week. And the other one I've got is... a. Probably a more unique one, not owned by anyone in the top 100, is Lauren Pierce.
2: Because no one's got a ruck. (laughs) Because no one's
1: got a ruck. Uh, So if you are one of the few people like myself that still has a ruck, that could be a sideways trade that goes to uh, possibly be a player who could have a really big score against a team that gives up a lot of points to rucks. And this is something you've been quite big on, Liam in terms of West Coast.
3: Yeah, look, we kind of did see the the writing's been on the wall all season that Sarah Lakai has massively improved her own game, but it certainly hasn't carried across to her defensive stocks. She does allow a a big scores, but I think the pick of those three for me is Kate Hoare. I think there's there's a world where she puts on another three or four goals this week. I don't think there's a naturally good opponent at West Coast. I think Sophie McDonald will probably match up on Taylor Harris because... As much as you say Taylor Harris was splitting time in the midfield, that was whilst Lauren Pearce was yeah, under absolutely. a bit of an injury cloud and then out, and they were running Maggie Karras through the midfield. I uh, She definitely played less time there against Essendon and was actually held in check um, fairly decently. I would think that Kate Hoare, who looked excellent again, knows those conditions so well down at Casey Fields. I think another 70 is well on the cards
1: this week. Uh, and the last one I'm, I'm going for is Essendon against Port Adelaide. Really interesting matchup, but this one has kind of been brought on by what we saw live down at RCA Park, which was Kate Sheilor monstering the Port Adelaide back line. And for that reason, I've said Bonnie Too Good could have a really big game this week against Port Adelaide. And the other one who I highlighted before is my unique pick, Daria Bannister plays a very similar role to Nikki Zenos. Runs through that midfield, moves forward, kicks goals. Could also have a really good game. So Essendon forwards could be uh, a nice little move that you could get this week to get someone who could get a really big score against a defence that's been under the hammer in the last few months. I, I
3: still think I still think Maddie Press is is probably if you've like you know if you're looking for
1: a very unique player to bring in at this point, I think she's still below ten percent ownership. But yeah, I think I think Essendon. This is this is a really good opportunity for them to finish the season on a high against a Port Adelaide team that probably is tiring a bit. Um, so I think that any of those players, if you can afford them, slash it fits your trade structure, is a very very tidy option you can go for.
3: Just another player, just another name to mention in that game. She's 10.5% owned and she's lost $43,000. Any guesses on who it is? Aaron Phillips. Correct. Aaron Phillips is again in that mold of, I don't know who the Bombers have who will play on her. I don't know who they have to stop her. Um, it may end up, because I think it'll be Danny Marshall will play on Gemma Horton. Uh, and then I just don't know if it's if it's Van Loon. You know, she's been great for someone who didn't come in as a particularly high draftee, but damn, that's going to be a brutal matchup.
1: St. Gilda had a quite an ideal matchup for Aaron Phillips, actually, and Hannah Priest, who's pretty proficient both as a midfield stopper and as a defender. So I, I agree with you there, Liam. Wherever she plays against Essendon, she's a, a cheeky chance to be a, a good scoring player this, this round. She's priced below 60, scored
3: 74 on the weekend. Um, which is basically what she scored at last year, I think there's a possibility that particularly in their last home game for the season, she might go 80, 85. And I think that will be on the back of time up forward because I know that the Bombers are restrictive to midfielders, but I really think if that she's this is the round where her playing forward time is actually not a detriment to her fantasy scoring.
1: Just while we're on Aaron Phillips, uh, Mel, would you care to share... The tale of the the weekend.
2: oh uh, yes, just just hanging out, loitering as we do. Uh, our favourite hobby post AFLW games. Not all of us. <laughs> Mate, you were there. You were loitering. Uh, and then uh, Will just like takes off, and I'm like, oh hey Liam, who? What what's Will doing? He's like, I don't know. That's not a player. Will just like takes off towards the bus. Oh hey look, it's Aaron Phillips, and there's me madly running over <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> I don't think she likes the attention <laughs> and I definitely gave her a lot. So, <laughs> uh, no, nah, I've got a good good cheeky snap with
1: her. So, yeah, ba- based on those ones, we're just going to answer one of the, list- the listeners' questions we got from yeah. Matt, which was need to upgrade Sally Goldsworthy. I think that's a pretty worthwhile mm. cause there. Which forwards to target? Depends on how much money you can get, but if you can get up to those Melbourne... Forwards, I think they're your best options. And I think
2: Hoare's the cheapest of the lot, yeah. About 90.
1: Hoare's slightly cheaper than uh, Taylor Harris, and then two goods about the same price as well. So, if you can't make it up to those ones, Sheer or Bannister might be a good one. But if you can make Kate Haw, I think she's the best option you can probably find.
3: And then, just on the back of me mentioning Aaron Phillips, in that's like priced at in the 50s. One player that I think should get a look in this week is Tani Evans. Um, GWS are going up against the Gold Coast, who are the easiest team for defenders to score against. And as much as she she's listed as a forward, she plays as a pure defender and is their most skilled defender, I think she could have a massive score this week. And then at, there is a version of the trades I'm doing this week where she comes in as my F4, F5.
2: Quick question about Melbourne, if you don't mind. Um, having a look at the mids, one that I can afford as a downgrade option from Parker would be Paxman. Oh,
1: not Westy. What were you hoping I would say? <laughs> Eliza West. Liam, uh, Liam, <laughs> Liam's favourite. Westy. Handball happy Westy.
2: But what do we think? Is Paxman potential?
1: Uh, had one out of the bag, I'll say that. Um, been a fantastic player. Will she score big against West Coast? Probably. Would you Would you trust would she, it though? Like, would I trust it? Is probably the the better question, and I'm not sure I do.
2: Look, she got 98 against Essendon.
1: You got 98 against Essendon and had
3: a 96 in round one, and then her high score outside of that um, begins with a
1: seven. So For a hundred dollars more, I'd probably be more tempted by Nina Morrison against Sydney.
2: Well, that's actually good you say that because I have four hundred dollars more, so I might oh. as well use it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so what? what this is, is this, so, so this sounds like Mel doing your trades whilst Will and I are having a
1: good repartee <laughs> discussing who we like. Uh,
2: yeah, that, isn't that not how we all do our trades? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, Morrison probably hasn't had the best month. Seventy three, seventy four, ninety. Uh, sorry, sixty six. Uh, but has had some decent scores near that 100 mark this season. So I'd yeah. probably be more tempted by Morrison if that's what you are planning on doing.
2: Mel. Go out with a bang and bring in a friend of the pod, yeah. I think.
0: If I, could, if I could provide a bit of a narrative for Paxman, though, because she's 34. They know she can't run a whole season running as a midfielder. It's a lot of work for someone that age. But you coming into finals, you're getting your team ready for exactly what you want it to be in this important three weeks of the year. You want your experienced heads in the middle. With two weeks to go, they get her back in the middle, back into form. Is there a and chance I mean, that's look, what's happening?
2: She's got – we saw it at the end of last or oh, – two seasons ago, I guess, 2021. Finishes on a, on a high. She's got a ceiling that's just over 100, which she's hit a couple of times.
3: I don't know. I don't know. I don't
2: know. She could be my specky.
3: She could be, be yeah. She could be a great specky, but I think Nina Morrison has a bigger ceiling. Um, but just before we move off Melbourne, um, Shelley Heath, uh, who's oh, been yeah? playing some more time in the midfield, coming off um, three scores above sixty in the last four weeks and a high score of seventy nine. I believe she's priced quite lowly at this point. She is priced at 51, so 74K. You're going to make 25K as a downgrade for Ruby Slasher. Again, going into an epic matchup. Um, and as much as she's listed as a defender, and that's where she's played for most of the season, she's been playing as a midfielder and then also kind of providing a link between the midfield and half forward. I would, She is currently my downgrade option for Ruby.
0: All right, team, I wanna throw you one very random question here, which I think is a really interesting one back on that divide and conquer strategy. It's from Shannon asking, random question, not sure for me, but interested, would you cash down Ebony Marinoff for a big upgrade on another line for one week? Because if you take Ebony Marinoff down, who I believe is priced over 168,000 at the moment, it's uh sixty nine,
2: second most
0: successful. You could take her down to someone priced around that 120 mark. So throw in your Liv Purcell's, your Charlie Rowbottom's up at 130. You'd be making nearly, nearly 50K. Yeah, nearly 50K for a player. You put that on top of, I don't know, a Janome Anderson, and you're immediately up to uh, what's a good example? A Chloe Shear or someone around that price that you could comfortably run. Daria Bannister. Is that a play that's worthwhile in this last week, assuming that you don't have any cash on your rookies? Because a lot of people's their benches are just dead.
3: I don't think you can, because I truly don't believe that St. Kilda will be able to stop them. The only reason you would do it, because we ran into this problem last year, Ebony Marinoff could have had a besquillion points last year, Adelaide knew that they'd won and didn't have any more reason to play Marinoff or Hatchard on the ground after about three-quarter time. So I think there's a world where you could trade Marinoff, but damn, it would take a ballsy, ballsy decision.
2: I would, If I was going to trade one, it would be Hatchard. If you have Bowers, then maybe you can get away with it because you've got I, a backup.
3: I think you're only doing it if you've just got someone who... You know, like me, you're trying to get rid of Taylor Ortlep, who scored 19 or 17 or something. Oh, that's a shame after you a score. big week before that. Yeah, big week, like 30. Big um, week. <laughs> big, big week. Short of that, I I just I just don't think... I, I still think she can go on any given day 120 plus. And I don't know if you're going to find enough value for that.
0: I think let's... Uh... Keep our episode moving on. And Liam, I'm going to ask you, how did your captains go last week?
3: Mm, Look, this is my worst week for, I'd say, a month
1: plus. I think it was very reflective, however, just of the the league in general, actually, because there were a lot of premiums not putting up good scores. So Bowers
3: was number one pick last week. That one was pretty easy, and she was a high score for the round, so I'm happy with that. But then the the lower scores from the the Adelaide girls, and then Ghana not going enormously well, and then getting dragged down by a sixty from Parker and and fifty six from from Jono's fave Abby McQuay. Abby, Abby McQuay in that Abby McQuay was she in my top ten?
0: It took a lot not to give her the minus three this week. I got to tell you that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have that would have hurt you a lot. I couldn't do it. Yeah, look, it. I, couldn't uh, do I, it. I think I. For the first time in a long time, my average for my captain selections was below ninety. It was eighty nine, but it wasn't incredible this mm. week.
0: Well, look, let's let's bounce back then. Who's going to be your number one coming into this final round? Uh, Janome Anderson,
3: yeah, love mm. it. Uh, take two, followed up by Lily Johnson. Yeah, no, take three. You can do better. <laughs> um, number one pick this week is 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 Turbo. It's Kiara Bowers, uh, and Shot then number Bara. two is 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 Marinov. Um, number three, it's, it's probably Georgie Prosparcus, just given her run of form, um, after the mid season and even coming off her suspension. Um, and then I think
1: now Janome (laughs) Anderson, now it's Janome Anderson.
3: Exactly. (laughs) I think Amy McDonald's probably still going to be in the top five or six, um, and I think if you were really trying to go unique and not go Kiara Bowers, just kind of hope to, to get a leg up, I'd be going for either of the Geelong mids or Charlie Robottom for their matchups this week.
0: I, uh, I just wanted to quickly bring up a stat that I had looked into before. So Kiara Bowers currently averaging 114, which is the second highest average only behind herself from last season at 115. <laughs> but last season, she did that from six games. Uh, and this year, obviously, playing the full ten. So, as long as she scores at least seventeen points this weekend, she will be setting the record for most points in a season, which uh, is currently held by Ebony Marinoff from last year, well, last season in what January, February, Early season, season, six. Season yeah.
2: six. Hmm. Wow. It's,
0: uh, yeah, and she's gonna she's gonna comfortably beat it. It's
2: well, don't say. That. Hang on, John. I'm going I said this now. Oh no. <laughs> You'll get to like. Sixteen points and I don't know, do her ankle or something and then we will be not only uh was Will the Kiss of Death to begin with, Liam has been consistently just don't go anywhere near him. But our pod is if we if we hey,
1: if we've guys, my him,
0: unique picks went very bow. well last week. I'm on a good roll as long as I don't trade them into that my is- team.
3: Doubling down I, I will put, put everything, <laughs>
0: Kiara Bowers will go over 16 points this week, guaranteed. <laughs> I put my you know life what? on it. You know what, I reckon
1: we need, we need to attach something ridiculous to this in the very <laughs> off chance that it doesn't happen. So if anyone, if anyone out there, any listeners have any suggestions for something Jono can or should do, if Kiara Bowers somehow does not manage to make 16 points, let us know.
0: There's, there's almost nothing that I wouldn't do because I'm very, very confident that she will. Very confident Jono, that she will.
3: <laughs> I reckon if she does go below 20, you give away your address on the final pod of the week so people can go and egg your house <laughs> for the obvious curse you gave to the entirety of the top 100.
0: Look... That's fine as long as I have, like, a week to to prep some security protocols. That'll be fine. I'm happy with it. (laughs) Yeah, done.
3: (laughs) Confirmed. Jono's Jono's address on the podcast next week. Fill them up with your
2: AFLM and AFLW top
0: 100 hats. Oh, lordy lord. Well, look, at that point, uh, just looking ahead to next week while we're on it, I think, uh, just to let everyone know, we are going to be doing a couple post-season episodes before we wrap up for the year. Uh, obviously, we'll do our standard end of week review. We'll do that sometime next week.
1: Few less trade options, I think. Yes, a few, <laughs> few, less. That's true.
0: But we are going to be giving out some player awards, so keep an eye out. We're going to throw up some polls on Twitter uh, over the next few uh, or the next week or so, uh, and then after that, probably we...
2: Insta too. Yeah,
0: probably Insta too on the socials. Yeah, absolutely, check the on socials. The socials. Uh, Looking ahead to Season 8 We're also going to put out an episode Talking about who the players are We're putting on our little black book For Season 8 We're expecting big things from these players So keen to talk through that one I think that's going to be a very exciting episode
2: Sometimes I feel that my bluff Of looking like I know a lot about footy Is is working And then you said something like black book a few weeks ago And I thought it was the list of people That we would never ever consider having again Because it's like our death book
1: Don't worry, I had no (laughs) idea about this either and uh yeah, I was in the same boat, I thought Jonah was uh referencing some sort of death note. So Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, no, Is no, it no. obvious
2: that Will and I are not from a uh AFL M fantasy background? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well but- I will say about I will say about this black book, if we could go back through all our episodes and comb for when mostly me has said that's a season eight pick, I reckon we've got basically a content that we could just splice whole together.
3: Hmm.
0: If, if, we could, if I could say one thing confidently, it's that our preseason was electric. We nailed all of our starting picks, and then we traded our way out of contention. And I'm excited to do it again next year with a terrific that preseason. That is
1: particularly <laughs> true for me. I did the opposite. My A lot of my starting picks were terrible, but I've traded my way back into contention. All right, so we'll just
0: ignore Will's black book is good.
2: <laughs> I think I'm going to take the prize for the biggest fall, because I started on third, and now I'm trying to stay in the top five no.
3: right. <laughs> Mel, do you want to do you want to say that again? <laughs> Mel, I was inside the top, I was inside the top thirty, and I'm struggling to make top thousand. I only going up in rank one week because I started so high.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, cast. Oh,
0: funny, funny. We're also talking about some finals content. Liam, do you want to run the listeners through what you were talking about before?
3: Yeah, so we kind of want to show that we like to talk about things that aren't just uh, fantasy each week. Um, so there is a thought that we will do either a short podcast or a Twitter space each week to talk about the finals, maybe a little bit of fantasy chat in there, but also just kind of discuss how the games go down, because at this point in the year, it's, it's just interesting to discuss which like the really good sides, as opposed to just trying to figure out who the expansion teams are. Much the same way that I—I I don't know if it'll end up in the pod, but I went on a rant about how much I like Vicky Wall in North Melbourne. would like to be able to do that without <laughs> the risk of it being cut from the pod each week. Um, so yeah, stay tuned on on Twitter for that. We'll we'll put out some more information when when final start.
0: I can't wait to cut both the initial Vicky Wall statement and then the follow up comment.
3: Boo.
2: <laughs> Boo. <laughs> you just got Alex ballarded. <laughs> <laughs> Vicky ball, Vicky ball, Vicky ball. Oh God!
0: All right, last thing, guys. Let's wrap up our final round of trades. I'm excited to hear what we're doing, Mel. We're going to start with you. What are you thinking for your last three trades of the year?
2: So, I'm not going to be bullied out of trading out Lynch.
1: Keep your premiums, Mel. do keep on. your premiums.
2: Well, look, she's out. She is. Well and truly out. Peterson's in. Cut. Peterson is great. I also have been wanting to watch her for a little while, knowing she's in my fantasy team. So excited about that.
3: Uh, Mel, can we just go back to about this time last year? P- Karen Peterson, great. I was
2: cursing Harrington, yeah.
3: Is Do you like her now
2: because she's the same name? Exactly. New season, new me. <laughs> Parker, probably out. Um <laughs> Ooh. because not not consistent enough scoring. I, I might come to regret this. I might uh, do a Dowrick here, but so be it. Um, probably for Paxman, TBC, I'm keen on some, bringing in some Melbourne players. And then we've got...
1: Very unique. Very yeah, unique.
2: well, you know, it'll either... Parker will do amazing, because she's relatively unique in the top 100 now. Only 50 or so have her. Either way. And then Roberts, I'm thinking, I have way too many Eagles players for this last round. I think I had four uh McCarthy, Roberts, Swanson and Thomas. Oh, and Britton on my bench. So five. Um Oof. so you know what? One of them has to go and I'm gonna do a swapsy, Roberts out, whore in, who I think is gonna be amazing this game, as we've already spoken about. So that's what I'm yeah, thinking.
0: No, I like the trades. What about you, Jono? Uh, I'm actually doing something remarkably similar. So oh. also trading out Katie Lynch. She's got to go don't for Karen with Peterson. Three <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 40s in a row. That's uh, that's definitely getting me off, off that train. I, at the moment, am also going Ash McCarthy out to Kate Hoare. So another eagle for the Melbourne mm-hmm. forward.
2: You chose McCarthy over uh, and Roberts. F- you don't have Roberts.
0: I don't have Roberts. Yeah. And I think McCarthy, I'm not, I'm not hopeful for her. And to afford that, I'm taking Goldsworthy down to a rookie. That is currently my trades. I will say, the more we've talked about Jazz Ghana this episode, the more I'm thinking she might go, so that I can oh. trade Goldsworthy up instead.
2: Ooh boy, that is ballsy. Yeah, I really want you to do it. I haven't just to figured see out the goes.
0: maths. I'll, I'll. If I do end up changing to that, I'll, I'll post it on Twitter so you can have a look. And
2: particularly because I only have to get 66 points to beat you, which is the real game now. Um, Sixty-six additional
0: points. So trade out Garner. I think it's that's a close one. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the moment, she's our point of difference between our teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, Liam, what are you doing this final round?
3: So at the moment, I am trading Ruby Slicer down to Shelley Heath, upgrading uh, my F five to from Taylor Ortlup to Ortlup. Danielle Ponta, who's a name that we have not discussed at any single point on this podcast, but she's priced below 70k. She kicked two goals on the weekend, scored a bunch of points. Um, Looks like she's getting a little bit more midfield time with Chelsea Randall going out with someone that I've liked through the entirety of the season. Has a good matchup as well. I don't think there's a natural someone who can actually go with her at St Kilda. I think she could score another 70, and so I am bringing her in. I think that's a great call.
1: Yeah, don't mind that.
3: Yeah,
0: I, I think you did miss out her most important stat from the weekend, though. Oh,
3: yeah, most running bounces ever in a game with seven. <laughs>
1: very, very impressive. That's what you want. The a most player. important stat in football. <laughs> Full stop.
0: Uh, and Will, how about your trades? What are you doing this this final round?
1: Oh, it pains me to say it, but I think I have to trade out my girl Ruby. Uh, first time in the entirety of the year that she has not sat in my team. At the moment, I've gone for Isabel Pritchard. Fairly comfortable matchup against Carlton, playing mostly through the midfield. And I've decided to stick with my ruck.
2: Yes.
1: In that I'm not sticking with my ruck. By trading out Fuller, but I'm picking up Lauren Pierce for the matchup against West Coast. And I'm using the money that I get from that to trade Roberts up to Kate Hall. Nice.
2: I, I'm so glad that you're sticking with the rock because since I traded out for the loophole slightly too early in hindsight, uh, I've gone massively downhill. Three, I think it, it was <laughs> three going into four. Um, and you have kept it and just skyrocketed. And I think that is a classic key takeaway from this season. Don't... Don't fuck with your utility loophole too early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're definitely going to get into that discussion next week. I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from this season. Oh, yes. It's going to be a good one. Hmm. Well, look, that might do us for this week's episode of the Free Kick Podcast. Uh, keep an eye out for us on our socials and Twitter. We're going to be posting plenty of content in the next two weeks, I think, as we wrap for the season. Uh, I'm on
1: Twitter at Odds and OddsAndSteven.
3: I'm on Twitter at Tom one
2: I'm
1: on Twitter and Insta as HiMelD. And I'm on Insta at WillH underscore VI.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. See ya.
2: Bye. Good
1: luck for the final round.